Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. All right, everybody. We are back to talk some fight news and uh, all kinds of good combat sports stuff. Chevy, tell people what we got coming up. All right. Uh, May 4th, UFC 285, the return of John Jones for the heavyweight title versus Cyril Gaon. And then March 11th, UFC Fight Night, Jan versus Dvalish Vili for uh, that's an excellent bantamweight matchup. And then March 18th, we're on to UFC 286, Edwards versus Usman 3 for the welterweight belt. Wild. Wild. I can't believe that Jones and God fight's coming up so close. I know. <laughs> Feels like we've been waiting for John Jones to fight for, it's been what, like three years? Yeah. <laughs> for Something like that. Oh, man. Ridiculous. Um, all right. Let's uh, actually, we were talking about news, but let's talk about since I did not see last week's card, why don't we talk about that real quick? Just because I don't have a lot to really go on. We want to talk about the main event. Is there other stuff you want to talk about last week's card? Uh, first of all, one of the most boring cards. Yeah. Uh, it was a terrible, terrible card. A bunch of decisions. Um, and then I just want to. I don't want to be shitty, but I feel like we need to highlight the William Knight uh, performance. I you said you didn't see the card, but I'm sure you heard, heard about so it. Bad stuff about it, and I was so I'm like, I don't know if I want to go out of my way to see this. Yeah, he. I mean, he just stood there. I think he threw like seven total strikes or something like that, and he just got leg kicked to death, like fifty leg kicks or something. Um, it was not good from Marcin because he should have finished him for sure. And um, obviously, William Knight said this on his Instagram afterwards, which he was getting death threats from fans <laughs> or whatever, wow. which we'll talk about later. But fans better learn to control themselves before, you know, the Internet is a safe place or whatever, but should be careful in, in person. But just outrageous to give the man death threats. Like, have you ever been in a cage and fought another grown man in your underwear? Like maybe, yeah. uh, maybe you would freeze up too. So, um, he just didn't have the answer. Didn't have an answer for those leg kicks. And it was, it was tough to watch. Um, I believe he got cut. Yeah. So hopefully he goes on to do something better in PFL or Bellator or something he can get his way back. Cause that, that was a embarrassing performance for him for sure. But I mean, this card was all about the main event, which turned out to be great. Um, shocking in many ways, but great. Uh, we talked at the beginning of the year uh, or the end of last year about who uh, we thought were going to be our fighters of the year. I said, Aaron Blanchfield as my female fighter of the year. And um, even though I didn't pick her to win this fight because I thought it was a tough matchup, uh, she put on a dominant performance against uh, incredibly tough Jessica Andrade. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think now. Like, I mean, for me, like, this has got to be 
a clear-cut path to the title. I believe Shevchenko does have a championship fight coming up, but um, barring a huge upset, like uh, I would think Blanchfield, I mean, despite early in her career, like she's got to be the one that's got the shot coming up, right? Right. She made the call out for the belt, um, which I think she deserved. And also, I mean, Valentina's basically cleaned out the division. Um, people want to see new blood to uh, give her a test. I think this is uh, the next logical step for the division as well. So I, I think she's going to get an opportunity. And I, I said maybe it might be a couple of years before she's champ, but if she puts in a performance like that, uh, like she did against Andrade, she could beat Valentina, especially if we see the Valentina that fought Santos last time. You know, maybe she's getting a little bit complacent. Like right. Nunez was at Bantamweight, um, Blanchfield might be the one to catch her. Yeah, I mean, the timing of this is definitely interesting. She definitely seems like she's on the way up. And like we said, Chavanko, based off her last fight, maybe getting a little complacent. So um, I almost wish this was the fight we had coming up next. I think it's the most interesting fight right now in that division. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All, all right. right, let's talk about some fight news. Yeah, so there's a let's do all the fight announcements we want to talk about. So there's a few that we're we're gonna go over, but let's start with a heavyweight matchup: Curtis Blades versus Sergey Pavlovich. That'll be a headlining in April fight night card. Blades, this is tough as they come. Awesome wrestler, but this is a really tough matchup uh, for him. Almost like you wonder, like. I always think Blades gets the most tough, toughest possible matchup because he's just not a fan-friendly fighter sometimes. Even I don't think just, the UFC wants him to succeed because of his style. He's not always fan-friendly in his style, but, I mean, if you look at it, he does have some finishes. and Yeah, look at Al- Alistair Overeem. Alistair Overeem, uh, Junior Dos Santos. Um, you know, I mean, he's he can get it done. It's just that Blades can also be that guy that if he's going to dominate you wrestling-wise, he'll do that, too. Like, he'll take the safe route if he can. And I think as much as he's had some finishes, he's had some boring fights as well. And that's why the UFC just isn't a big fan of him. But but you say that, but the UFC is a huge fan of Khabib and his right. similar style. Uh, I, would, I would argue Curtis has better striking than Khabib. Did, yeah, for sure. You know, which would be the fan favorite, uh, you know, art of marsh mixed martial arts. But you know, I, I do feel like he just gets a bad rap. I agree with you. Bad matchup for him. Yeah, I mean, but uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I tough to pick a winner in that one right away, too. Yeah, they give him. You know, his losses are to the super powerful punchers, the Nganus, the Derek Lewis's. You know, Pavlovich is in that in that uh talk too so very tough matchup if he wins this one i think you gotta stop denying the guy a title shot i don't care if stipe comes back at this point or whatever to fight you know the winner of gone and jones i I think if curtis blades wins give him a shot absolutely and i mean especially if uh john jones is up being your champ too i think you have so many interesting matchups there too Mm-hmm. And Blades is a tough matchup for Jones, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah that would be great wrestling uh, match between them, basically. So, 
All right, let's move on to another fight announcement. We're just going to go over quick. Mackenzie Dern versus Angela Hill. Um, that's scheduled for a May fight night. So that that's an excellent matchup. Yeah, I think uh, Dern, um, she's gotten a lot better as time going, has gone on. Like She was always talented, but I think she's really becoming a complete fighter. I don't know. Uh, I think this is very evenly matched uh, booking. Like I, I like this fight a lot. Um, maybe I lean towards Dern a little bit. I think she's more of a finisher, but Hill's so good all around and has had a lot of fights that should have gone her way. So it's kind of tough to pick. Yeah, I, uh, off the top of my head, uh, having just found out about this today, I would lean towards Dern as well for the reason you said she's a finisher. She's really, um, improving, um, and learning to mix, the stand-up and the grappling in together. So, you know, once she completes that, she'll be a real force in the division, I think. So, Absolutely. Um, Yeah, another... Speaking of guys that should have had a title shot a long time ago, uh, Dariush versus Oliveira is um, trying to be scheduled on UFC 288. How do you see that one going? Well... Um, this is a great fight. <laughs> this is a fight that should be made. Um, Darius is so good, but other than Islam Makachev, like Charles Oliver has been the man. And uh, as much as I like Darius, I like Oliver too, but Darius hasn't had his moment yet. So I kind of lean towards wanting him to get his moment with my heart. Uh, it's really hard for me to pick against Charles Oliveira. Um, I would lean towards Charles Oliveira, but should be a hell of a fight. Two of literally the best in the world. Um, I think we've talked about before Dustin Poirier. I think is probably next in line for a title shot. He's got the name, he's got the wins. But if you weren't gonna go with Poirier and you were gonna wait a bit, the winner of this fight is definitely probably the one. Yeah, I agree with you about that. Um, where I do disagree is I think I'm slightly leaning towards Dariush to get the win. Um, I'm just not sure where Charles is at in his headspace. So this will be a good uh, test to see where he's at, if he's still really hungry, or if that was his one run to the belt or whatever. I don't think it necessarily is, but... I know that Dariush is uh, a monster, and he definitely is hungry for his shot at the belt. So, uh, great matchup. I think Dariush is one of the few people that can match up with Charles. Charles's jujitsu, and uh, and they have similar striking styles too. So, I guess we can throw this fight in here real quick too. We did not talk about this at all, but uh, it's a fight. It's coming up. Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury this weekend. Randy, yeah, I'm asking us. You got a prediction? Uh, yeah, I think Jake Paul's going to knock out Tommy Tommy Fury. I think it's an eight round fight. Um, yeah. I don't think Tommy Fury's ever gone like past four or five rounds, and uh, the combined record of his opponents is like twelve and hundred and fifty. <sighs> that would be hundred and fifty losses yeah. for his like eight opponents or ten opponents or something. Uh, Jake Paul has shown that he has power. He, I mean, he went eight rounds with Anderson Silva. Yeah. So I don't think Tommy Fury could go eight rounds with him with Anderson Silva. So I'm going to pick uh, Jake Paul 
I'm going to say knockout in round four. Okay. Interesting. Um, I'm not really disputing that. Uh, when you give the record too of, uh, all of Tommy Fury's opponents and stuff too. Um, Anderson Silva is the real interesting one in this. When you mentioned Jake Paul's victory, because, uh, Anderson has, uh, gotten wins over legit boxers and stuff too. Although, you know, there was some question about how, uh, well those boxers showed up, uh, you know, like Chavez jr. Yeah. Fantasy, right. Yeah. And what kind of shape he was in. So it'll be interesting to see people always improving, obviously too. I'd imagine the fury camp, like they have got to be, they don't want to lose this, right? Like they're got to be like putting this. No, nah, they're going to disown Tommy if he yeah. loses. So I'll say this is a very interesting fight. Um, I don't know, but I, I'll go with I'll go with you. I'll go with the Jake Paul train still. Uh, I'll say this goes a little later. Um, I'll say he knocks him out though. Still, I'll go round seven. Yeah, interesting fight. Um, I said after that Ben Askren Jake Paul fight that I was never gonna buy a Jake Paul fight ever again. But I think a lot of that was the fact that it was on Triller and it was mostly a concert of rappers i've never heard of before um right but this one actually has me somewhat interested in i probably still won't buy it but um i am interested in this fight yeah yeah i'm looking at it. i don't recognize some of the names on this boxing but i mean me and you are boxing, boxing hardcores yeah so yeah. so interesting enough but it is interesting i'm interested in this fight somebody wants yeah. to send me a link i'll yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's move on to a fight I'm definitely way more interested in. Uh, that is, they're trying to put together also for 288 is uh, Henry Cejudo versus Aljamain Sterling for the Bantamweight title. This is an interesting fight because uh, at the end of the day, too, we don't know what kind of shape um, Henry Cejudo is going to be in when he gets here. He wasn't old when he announced his retirement, for sure. But a lot of years of very heavy competition in Olympic-level wrestling. So yeah, it wears just, on your body. And just time away from a constantly evolving sport, especially in these lighter weight classes, it's interesting. And so who does a guy that's been walking around like uh, – very big. I want to say uh, someone was talking about he was walking around at 175, maybe. That's what Aljo walks around at, though, as well. Okay. He's huge. Aljo's huge for the weight of it. Okay, so I don't think, yeah, so then maybe that won't be a big deal. I don't know what Cejudo was walking around before, though. That would be the question. Yeah, um, I don't think he's making flyweight anytime soon. but <laughs> So this will be interesting, but um, man, I hope we get the best Henry Cejudo that shows up. Because that'll make a really interesting fight. But based on the fact that Aljo is just out there still doing it constantly, I'll go with Aljamain um, because right now he's the man. And the performance he put on the last time against Jan and then what he did to Dillashaw. Dillashaw, obviously, there was an injury. But still, just the way uh, Sterling's been looking, he's the man. Until I see otherwise, I'll be going with him. Yeah, you mentioned Cejudo's time away, but he has been coaching. I mean, look what he's done with uh, Weili Zhang. You know, um, he he's still in the game. He's been working with Mighty Mouse sure. a lot, um, but obviously th 
that's not the same as competing. Oh. Um, I, I think he's very cerebral. He's very good at game planning. But I think that Aljo is one of the toughest people to game plan for because he is so unorthodox, especially in his striking, but and in his grappling too. Um, I, I just think he's very tough to to game plan for. And for that to be Henry's first fight back in now two or three years, that that's very tough to come back to. So I'm leaning towards Aljo as well. I like both guys a lot, so I'd be fine with either outcome. Um, but I am excited for that fight for sure. Absolutely. Um, so move on from our fight announcements. I just saw this today. I haven't really read too much about it, so we'll just get first impressions. But uh, California is proposing a bill to create a pension program for retired MMA fighters. I mean, that's awesome. There's nothing really uh, bad you can really say about this. I mean, it's a sport that really needs something uh, for to protect these uh, fighters. You know, absolutely. Uh, yeah, boxing has the Ali Act. Um, MMA needs something. Yeah, I really think um, because the sport is so young, the fighters are really taken advantage of, especially when it comes to their health care. Like, you know, the UFC will cover injuries that happen during a fight. But, I mean, you're training much more often than you're actually fighting. And in- injuries and in training happen way more often because, you know, you're tired all the time when you're training. That's when you get injuries or accidents happen or whatever. Um, and the UFC doesn't cover that generally. I won't say that Dana's never covered uh, an injury or whatever, you know, but <clears throat> excuse me, but generally they don't cover anything. So, and you see a lot of these guys when they retire, they just can't, when they should retire, they just can't retire. I mean, look at Diego Sanchez. Um, we didn't really talk about it, but he was in the bare knuckle FC, which he should have been done fighting like years ago, but he's in bare knuckle FC and he got pieced up by uh trout. And then now he's trying to sue him and saying he was cheating. Like he's got CTE written all over him. You know, he, he got taken by that Joshua guy uh, captured by that cult leader, Joshua guy. Yeah. Um, these guys need to be, to have some option to get out of the fight game. They can't be in there for that long. It's too taxing on their brains, especially. So I think this is a good idea. Um, I'll have to read more about it to see exactly how it's going to work and who it covers and what it's going to cover and how much money these guys are going to get guys and gals. But um, I I think it's a move in the right direction for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Good to see. All right. So one last piece of news, a little bit of drama happening. Uh, A fan, quote unquote, a fan gets slapped by Dustin Poirier at a Mardi Gras parade uh, earlier this week. What do you mean? Yeah, I got a sign up that said, Dustin, your wife's in my DMs. Dustin kind of called him over here and it looked like he kind of. He's riding in a truck in a parade with his wife and his daughter, by the way. Right, right, right. It was, it was. That's a dumb thing. Um, I, I was dusted. I probably would have avoided the guy, but like as a fan too, like I, I don't know what or I don't want to call him a fan. It's just a dude. Like, what the hell are you doing? Like, what are you thinking? This was like not a good idea. I don't know if you're just a McGregor fan or what you were thinking, but um, yeah, I'll tell you what he was thinking. 
He wanted some likes on his Instagram or whatever. Uh, he made a sign and had somebody film it. The guy's in his 50s. He, he has a gray beard or whatever. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like, you, you're spending too much time on the internet to think that you can, you know, talk to someone like that. Any person, let alone a cage fighter. Right. <laughs> like, you're lucky you got away with a little slap. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, just, yeah. Not bright. Don't antagonize yeah. cage fighters. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, Dustin, Dustin probably, you know, should have just let it go or whatever. But I mean, I think the guy got away lucky. They, he didn't get, catch a real ass whooping because he, it's, I mean, it's Dustin been, was trying to get out of the Jeep and his wife was holding him in there and everything, you know, it's good for him. He doesn't yeah. need to do that, but I get it. I get it's somebody's insulting, you know, your wife and everything right there, and you're right there. So, uh, right, I get that too. Like, it, if I was in Dustin's, you know, shoes or whatever, like, say something about me, you know, like, don't yeah. go, don't go at my wife. Yeah, that would that would trigger me as well. So, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Uh, fuck. fuck we're not dumb, cameras. Yeah, I know. <laughs> fuck these dumb fans. Fuck these yeah. dumb fans. All right, let's let's uh, you know, we talked about. Uh, last week's card, it was terrible. Um, yep. lot of decisions. Let's get into this upcoming week's card, which um, okay. when we're going over fights, I don't think it's going to be too much better. I don't see it being a lot better, but <laughs> uh, I just want to point out a couple fighters on the prelims that I'm looking forward to watching. Um, Jordan Levitt, who was the one that said he was going to twerk on Patty Pimblett, who obviously got teabagged or whatever and <laughs> yes. Ode Osborne and Charles Johnson, two great fighters, two good strikers. They're actually fighting each other. Um, so there's a couple good prelims to keep an eye out for, but uh, let's get into the main card. All right. Mike Malat versus Johan Lenesi. All right. Johan white lion is nine and one, six KOs, three decisions. And, uh, Mike Proper Mallet is uh, eight one and one four KOs four subs. I just like both their nicknames, and uh, <laughs> he's got four wins in a row. It's great matchmaking right here. Looking at the very similar records, um, it really, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to decide like who's going to win this one. They're both young, and they both are like I said, very even. Uh, I like. I think I like my I like the fact that this guy's got four KOs and four subs and he's a finisher. So I'm leaning towards him. I'm gonna say he gets it done in round one. Um I think they'll be going balls to the wall, and I think he gets a sub. This is funny. Just so the fans know, we Dave and I don't discuss uh like what we think is gonna happen in these fights ahead of time. Uh, that basically mirrors exactly what <laughs> I was thinking. I don't know very much about either one of these guys, right. but um, Mike seems to be the more well-rounded fighter based off his record, as you said. Seems to be a finisher, and uh, I said I think he'll he gets it done round one sub. So we agree. Yeah. All right. All right, we'll get into the next fight, which I am excited for this. Tatiana yeah. Suarez, who's been out for a long, long time with serious back problems and neck problems, I think, uh, versus Montana De La Rosa. Montana De La Rosa, she is 12-7-1, and 
one KO, eight subs, three decisions. Uh, but that record, I mean, she's fought some of the best of the best already. And this is a great fight back for Suarez, who's undefeated. She's 8-0, two KOs, three subs, three decisions. But like you said, due to injury, she hasn't fought since 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a great fight for her back. I think, I think there was a big gap bef- before that as well. I'm not sure, but I, I know she has not fought recently for a long time. Or Last fight was 2019. Before that, she had one fight in 2018, uh, two fights in 2018. Oh, okay. So she hasn't been like a terror. She wasn't a terrible. She was, she was all right. She wasn't like, you know, doing the Cowboy Cerrone thing or anything. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, she had wins over, I mean, she has wins over Carl Esparza, Esparza uh, Alexa Grasso, Nina Nunes. Um, so, I mean, yeah, Suarez was on her way, definitely. And She's another one. We talked about Blanchfield and Shevanko. Like, she could be in this talk, but she's been injured, so we don't know what to expect. Um, based off of Suarez's past success, I'm going to give her the victory. Uh, but Doe Rosa, like I said, is a stiff test. She's fought everybody, and she's going to want this victory bad. But I think Suarez will do enough to get it. I'll say it's a decision because I think she's going to have some ring rust to get off. And I think it'll be a competitive fight, but I think Suarez will get it done by decision. And this is a welcome back fight. Yeah, I again, we agree pretty much 100%. I think this is kind of a warm-up fight for Tatiana. Um, if she's healthy, she should dominate the fight. Um, but like you said, I think you know she'll be a little bit rusty, so we get a decision. Plus, De La Rosa, a bit of a submission specialist, so... Tatiana's going to mind her P's and Q's when she's wrestling, which would be her strong suit. Um, so I, I think we get a decision. But I, I, I bet that she lays on top of her a lot in this fight. Uh, I am looking forward to that one, though. I, I hope Tatiana is everything that uh, she looked like she was going to be. So, Yeah, absolutely. All right, move on. Augusto Sakai versus Dontel Mays. Gusta Sakai, 15, 5, and 1, 11 KOs, 4 decisions. He's a finisher, but he's lost 4 in a row. So his back is going to be up against the wall here. Uh, Don Tail Mays is 9, 4, and 1, 5 KOs, 2 subs, 2 decisions. Uh, he's won 2 out of his last 3. Um, I don't think, like, and the fact that he's won 2 out of his last 3 and the fact that this guy's got 2 subs to go with those 5 KOs, I don't know. Um, Augusto really needs his victory. Uh, I don't think he's going to get it. I think uh, Dontel Mays will get this. Will it be a... I'd like to say it's going to be a finish, and it'll be exciting. I think it will be a finish, because I think Augusto is going to really push the action. Mm-hmm. So, But I'll say, uh, because of that, he may be a little careless, and he'll get caught, I think maybe on the ground with a submission. Uh, I'll go Don Mays... Round two, uh, sub. Yeah, so like you said, Sakai's lost four in a row, and all of those were by TKO or KO. Um, so I think Dontel's going to make it five and send him on his way out of the UFC. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to say round two KO for Mace. Okay. All right, Andre Munez versus Brendan Allen. Very excited for this fight, too kind of under the radar guys but very very dangerous fighters 
Absolutely. Brendan Allen, 20 and five, uh, five KOs, 11 submissions, mm-hmm. four decisions, and he's won five out of his last six. Uh, those submissions, uh, it's very interesting. Andre Munoz, though, 23 and four, four KOs, 15 uh, subs, uh, and four decisions. He's on a nine-fight win streak. He's 5-0 and in the UFC, and he's coming off of wins over guys like Aaron Anders, Jacare Zouza, and uh, the Raya Hall, who he basically retired. Um, that's that's incredible. Um, it's incredible because Andre has gone off, off, not the, off the radar so much, but when you look at some of those victories he's put together, it's, it's impressive. Um, this should be a really interesting fight. He's got 15 subs. Allen's got nine or 11, excuse me. This could definitely be an interesting ground fight as well. Um, I'm going to say Munoz. I'll say he gets the sub, and uh, I'll say it's going to be competitive, though. I'll say round three. I'll say this is going to be a good fight back and forth. I'm a big fan of Brennan Allen for sure. Like I said, I think he flies under the radar. Obviously, Munoz does as well. Um, This is two excellent grapplers so i bet that we get a stand-up fight between them and Mm. in that case i'm gonna go with alan because i think he's slightly uh more well-rounded uh i think he'll be able to do well on the feet but i don't think we get a finish i think their grappling nullifies each other and we get a stand-up fight and i see alan winning that by decision yeah, I mean that's uh, it's gonna be a good fight either way. This is definitely one of those. Picks. I yeah, I hope we see a lot of grappling because that that it will be the like highest level, you know, scrambling all that that we normally see at like flyweight. Um, we'll see that with these. I believe they're middleweights or light heavyweights. So um, I'm looking forward to that one. So let's get middleweights. into middleweights. Yep. Okay. Let's get into the main event. Which Nikita- is like yeah, <laughs> light heavyweight. Yeah, Nikita Krylov versus Ryan Span. Yeah, I mean this one. Hold on a second here, get my notes here. This is interesting. Uh, Krylov is twenty nine and nine. He's got twelve KOs and fifteen subs, two decisions, and he's on a two fight win streak. So, out of twenty nine fights, this guy's only got a decision twice. Yep. So that's pretty impressive. And he's fought at like heavyweight, light heavyweight. Um, Krylov is just, he's that guy. He's that guy that is always ready to fight. Ryan Spann, 21 and seven, six KOs, 12 subs, three decisions. Uh, as you can tell, Ryan Spann also doesn't really like to go to decision. Uh, this is an interesting fight. Uh, Spann's got uh, a win. He's coming off a great KO over uh, Dominic Reyes. Before that, he had a choke over Kudaraba. Um, he lost to Anthony Smith with a choke, but Anthony Smith has so much more experience than him. He had a win over that before that over Misha uh, Sirkinoff. Uh, he had a KO loss to Johnny Walker in a fight that he had Walker on the ropes as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Back and forth. Um, before that, a split decision over Sam Alvey, but I feel like he's such a different fighter since that fight. Um, this is a good test for Ryan Spann. Um, I say that because I feel like Cryoff is where he's at in his career. He's a really game fighter who's he can he can beat a lot of the guys, but he's I don't think he's like the top top guys. But then again, light heavyweight division seems like a really wide open division these days too. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm gonna go with Span. Uh, you know, coming off that big KO over Reyes, I say he's got a little momentum going. Um, 
I'll say it's a KO too because I think Kwiatkowski's going to push that action, and they'll go back and forth. And I'll say Span gets it done by round two. I will say this: if Kry- if Span does not finish Kryloff early, though, I think Kryloff wins the decision. I think with his experience, he's the type of fighter that will know how to get it done as this fight goes later. Yeah, these two have very similar skill sets. Um, in the uh, fighting video game community, we would call this a uh, mirror match. Mm. So uh, I think it could go either way, but I'm going to give Krylov the slightest of edges just based on his strength of schedule. Um, like you said, he's been around for a long time. Mm. Um, so I-, I think he's going to get a decision. I do think we might get a back and forth fight, but I, I think Krylov gets the decision win. All right. Well, and I like I said, I definitely think that's a real strong possibility if this fight doesn't end early. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, hats off to Ryan Spann. He's a good young fighter, and I think this division needs more of that too. So we'll see how it goes. Um, all right. Why don't we hit him with what's coming up one more time? All right. March 4th, huge UFC 285 uh, heavyweight title on the line. John Jones versus Cyril Gaon. Then March 11th, UFC Fight Night, Jan versus Dwalishvili, a great bantamweight matchup. And then March 18th, UFC 286, Edwards versus Usman 3 for the welterweight belt. A lot of great fights coming up. Excited. And that Edwards-Usman fight, that's going to be in the UK as well, right? I believe so. So that'll be huge. I'm very excited. Like, just for the walkout, I think that's going to be awesome. That should be good. All right, fans. Look forward to the fights this weekend. Jake Paul, Tommy Fury also out there, too. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's going to be a circus as we get closer. So uh will be interesting to see uh, what we're talking about uh, besides Jones and Gone next week. But uh, in the meantime, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you at the fights. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week.